York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time show. Here giving you that Nick's talk just in the Nick of Time. And it's time to celebrate a Nick's win. We owe the Suns an L and we gave them an L. The Knicks beat the Suns 102 to 83 at home. Randall gives you 28 points, six assists. 16 rebounds and a steal. Brunson comes back from injury with no rust seemingly. Gives you 24 points, six assists, and four rebounds. Mitchell Robinson gives you 10 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, and a block. Grimes gets dirty and drops 12 on the head and dishes nice assists all night long. Quickly keeps it going. Gives you 15 points on the night. The Knicks defense is locked in. Only allows 11 points in the first quarter. Hold this team to under 100. And also, they didn't even foul in the first quarter. All in all, the Knicks dominate their matchups. And I even had Mitch, man. Mitch, the second round pick of the draft, dominates the first round pick center and DeAndre Ayton. I don't know, 36, that pick 36 is looking better than the Ayton right now. I don't know. Shout out to the big Mitch. And the Knicks win 102 to 83. And the crowd goes, wow. <sighs> Salute is going to be a fun show tonight, man. Before we get into the details of the game and how we won, hit the like button. Hit that subscribe button. We're here after every game talking Nick, so come join us after every game. Also, shout out to FUBU TV if you want to get MSG for free for seven days and watch it on FUBU TV. All you got to do is go to FUBUTV.com slash KOT and you get the Knicks for free for seven days and tell them KOT sent you. Uh, you know what? You, you'll get the Knicks for free. You'll get other sports channels for free as well. And on top of that, there is no subscription. You can cancel whenever you want to. So shout out to FUBU TV for working with us. Now, let me introduce you to my guys. First and foremost is my man from the YouTube channel across the street. I call him the raw metaphor. It's the raw Hebrew remnant. What up? What up, Jay Ellis and the KOT crew? Good to be with you all today. Very good. Very good to be with you guys. And of course, you know, Mr. Posting and Toasting contributor, Mr. KOT contributor. But he's, no, he's not. He's, he's on KOT. He's on KOT. <laughs> ESPN contributor, SNY contributor. Because he's been on the air once again. And of course, the Deadspin. Shout out to my man, the Latin Assassin, Lee Escobedo. Let's go. This win, uh, 
wasn't super pumped about beating a team without their best player dropping 27 a game, but there was lots to be happy about individually for the players that contribute on the Knicks side. That I am very thrilled about, mm-hmm. and it's really nice to break that five-game losing streak with a two-game win streak, no matter how small it is. It's just nice to be winning again. I agree, I agree. And you know what? I don't even care. I don't care about him being now. You know why? There was no sympathy for us. Sure. We were on a four-game losing streak. Without R.J. Barrett and Jalen Brunson for those four games, so you ain't lying. Ah, listen, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Taking this win, damn it! Taking this win, and it all starts at the defensive end. I'm gonna just start with the defense. I'm first of all, I'm shocked that Jalen Brunson played. He was at 90%, he said. But I was really looking to see how he moved around. And he moved around pretty well. It wasn't just the scoring that impressed me today and the playmaking. He fought over screens all night long. Hard closeouts on three-point shooting. This team shot um, over like 47% from three over the last few games. They've been lighting it up. And the Knicks were locked in defensively and Jalen Brunson was a part of that. So I don't know. I love the defense on this team. And even, even Julius Randle's defense, um, he was f- closing out on threes hard all night long down to the wire. Even that last play of the game game is out of this out of, out of reach for the sun still hustles back to, to get those, the, the last second steal. I don't know. I'm gonna let raw start off since he hasn't been here that much. Raw, what did you think about the game in general? What did you think about the Knicks defense and the statement that was made today, if you feel like it was a statement at all? Yeah, well, the thing is, is that the what happened to the Knicks, to the Phoenix Suns today is what happened to the Knicks against San Antonio last Thursday. Every team goes through it. People were trying to jump on the nine-man rotation and this and that. Every team in the NBA goes through the fatigue. Everybody does. And tonight it was Phoenix's turn. And I'm just glad. I wanted them to win by 40 because I hate Phoenix because of how it happened last year and how it happened earlier this year. So I'm glad the Knicks spanked them, held them to 11 points in the first quarter. Now, that's that's impressive. I don't care who you are. If you're in the NBA and you only score 11 points in the first quarter, you're either a very bad team or somebody put the clamps on you. I like the Knicks. I agree. I agree. Lee. Yeah, I disagree with that Tate from Raw on Twitter and here. I, I don't think it was fatigued for San Antonio. They had uh, one game in between their uh, Spurs did between the game before that. And then the Knicks had one game in between here. Uh, the Suns had one game in between today as well. So I think there was plenty of rest for them to do it. I think it was the rotation and it was the players we had in the rotation, most namely Jalen Brunson, who adds a whole new level of, of stability to the roster when he's playing. It allows Miles McBride and Quinton and Emmanuel quickly to not have to overexert as facilitators and to be more what they do best, which is play defense, you know, do some 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 off ball facilitation. You know, get guys involved. Be played dotted defense in the passing lanes. And Emmanuel quickly is able to be more of a scorer than he was a facilitator, which is his best role off guard. Uh, I liked him in the starting lineup alongside Grimes and Brunson. That was a deadly trio. And uh, yeah, I, I liked you know the rotation with Jalen Brunson, that steady hand outside the free throw shooting, which is a problem. And I am worried about moving forward because that's one of the reasons why we lost that game in Christmas yeah. against Philly. Uh, I, I liked what I'm seeing from Brunson back in the lineup, and I'm happy that that he was here and helping up the play. I, I hope they didn't uh, impact any injury moving forward. I hear you. 
I hear you. Um, listen, uh, I'll, I'll say that with, as, as far as the rotation, I mean, I didn't really have a problem with the rotation because we, we had Evan Fournier in the San Antonio game, so I, 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 it doesn't really matter to me. I felt like the rotation was fine. Um, my, my rotation problems have more to do with the Dallas game than, than the, the, the San Antonio game, but that's neither here nor there. Today, for today's win, though, um, to me, I love the return of Jalen Brunson. He's definitely a tone setter. It's really took over the game in the second quarter. There was the time where we were only up 11, and there was like a little bit of a scramble. Jalen Brunson hits a three. It was a bailout three, rolls in. Then right after that, he hits another three. And next thing you know, that 11-point lead um, is now eight because then Evan Fournier hits a two. And we start to blow the game open. We move in the ball. Everybody's feeling good. Uh, our second unit is screening the hell out of their big men, getting Jalen Brunson wide open threes, wide open uh, mid-range games, allowing him to get into the paint, dish show into the corner, and the Knicks blow the game open, had a 32-point lead at a certain point. So I really love the fact that Jalen Brunson came here with a vengeance and really put this game apart. Um... Also, you talked about Emmanuel Quickly's two role. It's funny. I think um, even the defense. Um, shout out to RJ. He hasn't been here. Um, one of our one of Emmanuel Quickly's strength is that rotation, the defensive rotations at point of attack, um, are sharper. When Emmanuel quickly is in the game, quickly and Grimes and Deucer in the game, I think that allowed us to really start to put the clamps on the defense and really swarm around. Because I didn't really see any open threes all day, or even open shots, mind you. The only open shot I really saw maybe was like a DeAndre Ayton mid ranger, and then after that, everything he hit was contested over Mitch. So um, I think we we just did a great job evolving defensively, getting back to certain principles that we know that I felt were kind of missing um, in the last few games. You heard me talking about that. And it continued from the first half into the second half as well. And if we want to make another run and build on another win streak, we have to keep consistently doing those things, like closing out on three-point shooters, playing defense and not have slippage. So great, great job by Randall. Great job by Brunson um, setting the tone on defense and also quickly who stepped up and proved on that as well. Absolutely. I I, I think it was the uh, there was a play, I think it was in the fourth quarter, where uh, Phoenix threw a home run and Randall sprinted and yeah. stole it. And I was like, Hey, man, see, if we could get that from him, if we could get that from him every night, we'd be talking MVP candidate. If we could get that from him every night, and yeah. and like tonight, he shot four of twelve from three, seven of eighteen from the field. I mean, he was, he, but he was off the the two way game off the charts today, off the charts today. And and if we could get that, Julius, the Knicks are a serious threat in the East. If we can get that from him, because we're going to Brunson's a warrior. He's going to come to play every night. You know, he's going to do that. And the 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 hallmark of depth is what you're seeing. RJ is out, and here comes quickly, and he's playing 35-plus minutes a game, 
and he's scoring and he's rebounding and he's assisting and he's playing defense and you're not missing a beat. That's definitely that. That's why the Knicks, the, the Knicks are deep. And that's why I wasn't worried about the losing streak that much, but I know we're going to get better as the season goes on, as all of these guys. The thing is what I like about it. We haven't seen the ceiling. I mean, I'm not talking about career ceiling. I'm talking about season ceiling. We haven't seen the ceiling of the Knicks yet. And so as they continue to play, they're going to continue to get better. And I'm excited about what we're going to see. Yeah. After Grinch, you were all on the, I wasn't super worried about the skate either. Um, more so because we're missing two of our starters. When you have 40, per, 40 points out of the starting lineup, um, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be talking about, you know, coaching problems and stuff. Cause that's like a mm-hmm. big. Yeah. I mean, what was Tiss supposed to do? Even and what if, it was. Yeah. Go ahead, man. No, even if there is coaching problems and there's things I don't agree with, um, as often it happens, I'm not going to super overemphasize that because I know once all the guys come back, there's going to be, you know, the train is going to be right back on the rails. But I agree. Like I said, this is the Knicks are not like any other NBA team in many aspects. There's a nine man rotation in most NBA teams. There, there is there is slumps in most NBA teams. Players go through shooting slumps in all on all the NBA teams. So it's part of the game. To me, it's more of a marathon. So since it's an 82 game season. You have to project what can they do over the course of the season and how can they improve. They're continually improving. And with McBride, with Quickly, with Grimes, these young kids are getting this type of minutes the first time in all of their careers. And so it's and it's showing, yep. you know, in how they can do it. And, and as Brunson, I really wanted Brunson to sit today be, because I wanted to make sure he was completely healthy because I know when he comes back completely healthy, we're going to be all right. So uh, I'm looking forward to San Antonio on, on Wednesday night. And I'm hoping that, you know, because it looks like D. Rose sat today because he was hurt. So I'm hoping that Brunson, you know, is is getting to the point of being fully healed. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with your guys' takes on the young guys. I'm glad that winning or losing, we're doing it behind them. That this is, you know, Deuce McBride and, and Quentin Grimes are getting, and Emmanuel Twitter are getting major minutes opposed to Fournier and Derrick Rose. I, I think that's a positive. No matter winning or losing, you're developing your players and giving them real-time reps in games that matter, uh, especially in this critical point of a season that we've been doing now. We're over one game for over 500 going to the new season. I do think there's been some troublesome coaching uh, situations during the, the losing streak, and I didn't like that the losing streak followed right after a winning streak. It made me negate a lot of the positives that I saw because the losses were so significant. It was a very uh, clutch loss to the Bulls, another clutch loss uh, against Philly on Christmas Day. They came down to free throws. It had been a disastrous, maybe the worst loss in recent memory against Dallas where Tibbs did not put Jericho Sims in on the free throw line uh, to to box out and make sure Luka didn't that rebound. Those losses, and then right after losing to the lead war Spurs, uh, to me, signaled mental collapses. I think this team needs a little bit more. I agree with Raw, but we haven't seen the ceiling. I just don't know what that ceiling is. Is it five games over 500? Is it eight or nine? Uh, I'm not sure. So, yeah, I think we'll, we'll see that come February when the trade deadline comes and passes. But I think we still need to add some talent. I, I disagree completely with Lee because um, if you looked at the game, it was Deuce McBride and Grimes fighting over a rebound. If one of them gets that rebound, the game is over. And so that was a fluke play. Deuce and Grimes collided in midair, and that's where that's where Luca got the ball right there. 
So if one of them, and they both had it in their possession, if one of them could have got that rebound, that game is over. So that was a fluke. But uh, aside from that, the Knicks, as far as ceiling, we really, I mean, we nobody really knows what anybody's ceiling is, but there is a ceiling, and they, and they haven't reached it. That's the key, because to me, that only means that they're going to get better, and that's important. As, so, as long as we know there's still room for them to get better, and they're playing like this right now, I mean, when you think about it, okay, they lost five straight, they won eight straight, they just won two straight. Okay, so that means in the last six, 17 games, they're 10 and five or something like that. Or what is it? Yeah, 10, 15 games, they're 10 and five. I, I'll take that. If you can give me uh, 15 games and be 10 and five every 15 games, I'll take that every time. I'll take that seven days out of seven. So I think they'll, they're doing good. And I'm very excited because I know unless, you know, some unforeseen injuries come, but I think they're going to do better. So I don't, you know, to me, the, the criticism of Tibbs is, is really over the top. But, you know, he, he, to me, he's doing all he can do with this roster he has. Everybody's expecting him to be the perfect chess player. He's not. But he's a really good coach. And I think if for now, we're in a really good position. I don't, you know, Tibbs, to me, I, I guarantee he's going to play out his two years. He's got two more years after this. He's going to be there. Maybe after that, they replace him for a guy that's younger and maybe, you know, ready to go to the next level. But right now, we are where we're supposed to be. I, I like where we are. And I, and I like where the Knicks are as a team. Really good coaches, pure hyperbole. I totally disagree with that. Uh, yeah, and the antidote toward Miles McBride and Quentin Grimes fighting over the rebound is true. The point is it shouldn't have been them two. It should have been one of them and Jericho Sims fighting over the rebound. Not having Sims in the game was a coaching mistake and led to us being that position with two guards are fighting over rebound instead of one of our best rebounding. So what is your definition of a really good coach? What is your definition? What's that? What's that? I-M-E. Udoka. What is your definition of a really good coach? Someone who can be a tactician, both in in-game scenarios to make adjustments, both with the roster and play calling, and also someone who can galvanize a team to play day in, day out, consistently the right way, offensively and defensively. Well, let me let me tell you mine. It's a guy that's been in the league 20 years and has a winning record in the toughest league in the NBA. That's Tom Thibodeau. And with three different teams, has one coach of the year on two different teams. Okay, including with the Knicks two years ago. And if they continue to do this, he's in the running this year. Ime Odoka came into a team that was stacked. Two players that you draft in the lottery are playing at a high level. So I'm not saying Ime Odoka is a bad coach, but that's a poor definition of a good coach. You're talking about longevity in the NBA. Larry Brown never won the big one for 20 years. And then he wins it with Detroit. Okay. Let's talk so, about longevity. Lenny Wilkins was in the lead for 40 years, was an all-time winningest coach and all-time losing his coach at the same time. So I think that argument can go out the window if you omit uh, nuance, and I think that argument did. I, um, I, Lenny I, Wilkins was a great coach, not a good coach. No, he wasn't. A great coach. No. A great you coach. You can't be the most winningest coach and the most losingest coach and be a great coach. Yeah, You're you can. Coach. Yeah, you can. You're not a great coach. First You're of all, um, UB Brown is a good coach. And he wasn't the winningest coach. Jimmy Brown's my favorite coach. Love he's, you. And he's not the winningest coach. But he didn't win the championship. But he's a really good coach. Listen, man, you talking about the league. This ain't coach. college, bro. This ain't college or high school. This the league, bro. This the league. It's the NBA podcast. I'm talking NBA. I just oh, agree. I, I don't know. You sound, like you, talking, you sound like you're talking NC to it. I'm talking NBA. The brother been coaching for you're 20 years. You're talking NBA 2K. The brother been talking for 20 years, man. That ain't NBA. Doesn't make him a good coach. Career, bro. Lead a long time. He's a horrible coach. 
Bruh, look. These coaches you know, are revolving. He's been probably, he probably forgot more about basketball than many people even know. You know, that's the thing. He, he has probably forgotten more about basketball than most people even know. He has coached alongside Greg Popovich on Olympic teams as well as international teams. Put some respect on that man's name. I, you know, you, you know, buying into this, buying into this crap, man, about Tibbs, fire Tibbs and all this bullshit. No, man. Tibbs has been coaching 20 years. You don't win two coaching years on two different teams in the NBA unless you could coach. No, he got fired also by those two franchises. Man, what, what coach hasn't been fired? There are on, many coaches that got fired, but the stop reason it, he got fired is that the team lost a team. Man, stop it. it. Stop it, man. Stop it. He, he are you telling me you really believe that? You really believe that? Every coach gets fired, man. Every coach gets fired. Everybody gets fired. It's that how you get fired and when you get fired. He got fired two and a half seasons into the Minnesota. We started the conversation by saying Tibbs is a very is a really good coach. And He's you not. tried to say he wasn't. He's and not. then you're trying He's to say he because he got fired. He's an average coach. He, oh he's not a horrible God. coach. Average means five hundred. He's above five hundred, sir. He's yes. above five hundred. Yes, but you have to add new. Average is five hundred. Yeah, Derrick Rose with that team, which boosted oh, his record finish. He but had Jimmy Odoka has Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and, and Jalen Brown on his teams, and that doesn't matter, does it? Raw, he didn't have that in Minnesota. He doesn't have it in New York, oh which is God, God, overwhelming. First of all, everybody in the world knows. That when it comes to playoffs, Cat is the softest dude in the league. He is. And he brought that team to the playoffs. But hold yeah, on, hold so on. Hold on a round, second. The same way he did against Atlanta. Oh, oh my God, man. Please. You know what? You know what? Go ahead, man. Go ahead with that. All right. Go ahead with that. Walk a flock of, uh, and you walk a flock of stop. <laughs> hold on, uh, hold on, uh, hold on. Uh, All right. Man, go ahead with that. I was hey, running for the Super Bowl. You're on, you're on. But I'm, I'm kind of splitting. I split the difference between you guys. Um, as far as the coaching thing, I'm not on the fired coach side with Lee. Um, I don't think we have to fire the coach this year or anything like that. I feel like that's a little bit too aggressive for what's been happening this season. We are over 500. We're winning. Yes, I have my gripes with Tom Thibodeau, but at the end of the day, he's he's done the job well. I think... I think he's a pretty good I think he's a really good coach. He's proven to take other franchises who are losing and get them to winning because he's a guy who can put a system and a structure in place. He's done it in different places where I think he fails at is adjusting. The front office has helped him adjust by taking away some of the the older guys and Mm -hmm. kind of being in his ear. So I, I, I keep saying this. I feel like we're going to have to move on from Tom Thibodeau eventually because yes. there is a ceiling when it comes to the playoffs. You know, even yes. though I, and, and and Jay Ellis, we saying the same thing. I'm yeah. not saying the dude is perfect. I'm right. saying he's a really good coach. There's a lot of to be coaching in the NBA. You have to be good, okay? Yeah. And so he's above 500. So that means he's better than average. Number one. Number two. I've always said. I believe he's going to finish out his five years in New York, and then they're going to get somebody else, somebody younger that could take them to the next level. But for right now, he's the perfect coach for us, for right now. And he is going to be here, so why gripe about him? He's going to be here. If you're a Nets fan or you're a fan of the Utah Jazz or somebody, okay, I can see you breaking on tips. But if you're supposed to be a New York Knicks fan, 
you're supposed to be supporting your coach. This is a dude that has a no. good enough record for us no. to not be jumping at him no. every time they're on a losing streak. This dude has been, he's been in London. This is his third year in New York. That's this is his third year. And he's already a winning coach. This is his third season. He's the first coach in 10 years to get New York to a, pod, to a winning record after the first of the year. In 10 years. I don't buy your propaganda at all. I don't have to support Bro, you don't even know what propaganda is. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You can't even tell what propaganda is. Right now. Easy. Stop it. I'm talking about facts. You're talking about propaganda. Hold on. Hold on. Saying that you have to support the coach because he's a niche coach is propaganda. I don't have to. I don't think Tom Tebbidoza right there. No, I'm not saying you have to. I'm not saying you have to. I'm saying people that are Knicks fans have to. No. I'm saying people that are Knicks fans. No. If you fans of a team, that means by definition you support the team. JLS, do you agree with that? No, I don't. I don't think you have to support. I Thank think I, I don't think you have to support somebody just because you do have to support them to a certain extent. There's support. This is this is support, and then there's. No, man, JLS, I like I like how you're trying to thread the needle like Obama. Go ahead. No, the support. <laughs> And it's criticism, right? Um, I support the Knicks. Last year, I supported Julius Randle. But when the play got to a point where I felt like he was disgusting, I wanted him gone because I didn't feel like he was performing to to the standards which I wanted him to perform. So it, it, it so because I wanted him gone doesn't necessarily mean I want him to support the team. But I, I feel like. I feel like when certain people say they don't support the team, I feel like they root against team, root against people who do good. I feel like is not supporting the team. Well, this is the thing. I will so, give Lee this. I'll give I'll give Lee this. Lee speaks when he thinks that the team is doing good. He'll say they're doing good. The real haters never have anything good to say, and they claim they support the Knicks. That's what I'm talking about. There are people out here that the, even during the eight game winning streak. We're being negative about the Knicks. Right. Those are haters posing as New York Knicks fans. So I, I give you that. If you think something is wrong, you say something's wrong. If you think something's right, you say something's right. We just don't agree what's wrong and what's right. Exactly. But I, I ain't going to say, I'm saying to as a Knicks fan, I'm, I've watched the Knicks for a long time and I've seen many teams. And this is a, a good head coach and a good front office, comparatively speaking. And to me, being over 500 for the first time since Mike Woodson was coaching, to me, proves he's a good coach. And this being, he hasn't even completed three seasons yet. So that I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, we have, we have a different bar of expectations. But you're right. I, I do give props where props are due. I've changed my mind on Julius Randle. Uh, I appreciated Tom Thibodeau when he cut the man the rotation to nine men. I think that was the right move to remove Evan Fournier mm -hmm. from the rotation. And I like the Miles McBride's minutes have gone up as well as Emmanuel quickly. And I think Quentin Grimes should have been the starting uh, two guard over Cam Reddish and Evan Fournier. So, you know, he's done a good job defensively to build a culture here of players that are buying into it and committed to it. But I think on the offensive side, he lacks creativity and imagination and it's held us back from reaching our full potential outside of Randall Isos. No, I, I think last year, um, I think Tibbs let go of the rope offensively and just started focusing on Randall too much. Um, but I don't see that this year. This year, I see because of the fact that they got Brunson, it adds a dimension of balance to the team, period. And I think Ju it's helped Julius. It's helped everybody. So um, I feel, and Tibbs, I believe, 
you know, really wanted the Brunsons, both of them, with him, as well as, as the front office. So it worked out. But I don't, I don't, I'm not really like, to me, I'm not saying Tibbs is a Mike D'Antoni offensively, but to me, they're doing a lot better. And I've been noticing a lot of up more, or a lot yeah, more off-ball movement this year than in his first two seasons. I, I feel like both of your perspectives on the coaching is the same. It's just the direction. Like, because Lee feels like he hits his, hit the ceiling now, he thinks we should eject now. Um, and because you mean as far as Randall? I feel like, you know. You mean eject on Randall or Tibbs? Eject on, he feels like he should eject on Tibbs now, um, oh, I see. which I don't agree with. I feel like we still have to, I feel like we have to do that later. I don't think now is the time. But I feel like your assessment is the same. It's just your, your views on what's good versus what's great is like, it's very minuscule and money, but I, I I can I can live with that. I just like I said, I'm all for continuity after seeing so many coaches right revolve through here. So to me, Tibbs is good enough to play out his five year deal, and I think the Knicks will be better for it after after he gets his whole five years done, which now he's halfway through it at two and a half seasons. I think it's likely that he does follow through on that five year commitment since Leon Rose and him are such tight friends, and it's that level of nepotism within the front office that worries me. Uh, as well as Jalen Brunson, can guys be held accountable when everyone is so close outside of basketball? So that's my main concern. Uh, I think that Tibbs has reached the same line that he met in Minnesota, where that team met the potential and he was fired after two and a half seasons. I think he should be fired now because we both agree at some point he's going to be let go. We just disagree on when. Yeah. Yeah, I think he plays out his, his – uh... the problem in Minnesota, which I think a lot of people overlook, and I can understand it, is in Minnesota, Tibbs was president of basketball operations, general manager, and head coach. No, really, no, I haven't seen very many people, if I can't think of any off the top of my head, but very few that have able to run all of those three pieces. And, and, and to me, he made mistakes with his trades, with his draft, because he was running the whole show. And having Leon Rose and a guy like a Brock Aller, a guy like a Walt Perrin, where he doesn't get to make every final decision helps him. Yep. But I think that's what hurt him in. So, so I don't hold that against that him. Shoot. If you give me all of that money and telling me run the whole show, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to do it too. Doc Rivers tried it with the Clippers, but they didn't fire him. They just took away the president's box from him and let him and let him be the coach. But I, I mean, to me, nobody could really do that. I think he took on too much, but it was a challenge that was, that was something he probably couldn't say no to. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was more the Jimmy Butler. I think that was that and the Jimmy Butler thing. But I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move on. I'm glad we got. I already. I mean, I, for those who guys are watching, I kind of saw this coming. <laughs> We're two guys that don't run from the smoke. You know I, what I mean? I saw this coming for like a week. I was like, "Ooh, when Lee and Raw get on at the same time." <laughs> 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 so both of y'all like two bulls. So I'm like, this, this, this. Uh, and JL is you the middle, you the middle man, you the middle man, you the <laughs> Definitely the middle man on this one. This is the middle man. But salute to the chat. Shout out to everybody who's rocking with the show. Uh, if you're new here, we got a lot of people. 163 in the we chat. Got, we got that Murray Pro. We got that Maury Povich going. <laughs> 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 so we, we just don't have no chairs to throw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I threw my own chair after that match. <laughs> Man. 
Oh man, yeah, yeah. Lee was at the Mavs game, if you don't know. But just salute to the chat. If you feel, if you like the channel so far, hit the like button, subscribe button. We go yeah. live after every game. Both of these two are always on at the same time, so you probably won't get that action. But you'll get me, you'll get Raw, you'll get Lee, you'll get Ryan G, and you'll get Nick's analysis, and you'll get um all different varying opinions and different angles all the time. So hit that like button, subscribe button if you feel in the show. All right. And also, yo, Raw has a, has a channel too. So support Raw's channel as, as always. That's my guy. I'm um, always got love for Raw. All right. Um, at Raw Hebrew Remnant. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, let's get to Julius Randle. Cause I still, we still didn't really break down the game because we got on the coach thing. Um, yeesh, man. I was really hard on Julius Randle last year. Really hard. Um, more so towards the end of the year. Uh, and we kind of, we touched on this earlierly on Twitter, but is it me or did Julius Randle get better this year as a player? We kind of thought, I kind of feel like his ceiling was that COVID year, but there's certain things when reading game situations, reading passes, reading double teams is getting a lot sharper. Even him getting Mitchell Robinson the ball in a dunker spot more frequently is something I haven't seen before. He's not just relying on corner threes off of double teams. He's leading people to passes in the open spot when the passing lane isn't there. Um, that's something he did with Grimes. Grimes, Grimes was uh, as at the three-point line at the corner. He throws the ball like, two, three feet to the right of him, leading him to the pass or open three. Randall's gotten better, man. I, I, is it just me? <laughs> nah, nah, no. First, a guy, okay, I don't think any of us or anybody in Knicks Nation would, you know, really questions the elite talent level of Julius Randle. He's, he's a talent. There's no doubt about that. And to me, it has been about how the game is played in his head. Yeah. You know, for most of his career. So um this year he's playing the best in his career, in my opinion, because he's just made subtle nuanced changes. For example, do you notice like he'll get double teamed in the corner and you can see him looking both across court yes. and he's looking at the top of the key and he's usually making the right pass. Okay, he has not made it all the time, but usually he's making the right path. Just that awareness and 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 the and the um, the patience to say, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm, you guys can't guard everybody, right. so I'm going to wait. And and the Knicks get into position, and he'll either catch somebody on a cross court for an open three, or give it to the guy next to him. That is an indicative thing of the fact that this guy's IQ has gotten to a new level. And then, and I don't know. To be fair, I don't know if it's strictly just pure IQ or does he feel less of a burden to have to carry the offense right. because he's got everybody now you know you got Brunson you got Grimes and he really trusts Grimes like he did Bullock and then of course you got RJ so he's got more help around him so he doesn't feel like he has to try to do everything and the fact that he's backing off from doing that he's become a really if and, and I'm thinking like I got PTSD so I'm like is he going to revert back to you know Randall of last year, or is he going to keep playing like this? Because if he keeps playing like this, man, this guy's really good. So he hasn't done the same turnover in like a year. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he's... So I'm sorry, go ahead, Lee. 
I think he's playing with a lot better supporting cast this season, and that's helped not only ease a load, but when he makes a pass or he makes a decision-making, a better player is catching it and doing something with it than it was last year. I think the addition of Quentin Grimes into the starting lineup has yeah. really helped him find someone who can not only catch his passes and not, not down a three, but he can find him as a cutter getting under the basket uh, for, for easy layups. And Jalen Brunson is a much better point guard than Burtz, Payton, uh, Kimba Walker. I mean, th- he's playing with a bona fide all-star point guard, and that does a lot to help him as a as a facilitator and more of a focused scorer. And he, he's making quicker decisions. He's not thinking yeah. about it when he puts the ball. He's scoring more in a fluid motion, which I like to. Reminds me of Chris Weber in that way. Weber used to when he would hold the ball, it usually ended up to be a bridge shot. But when he would oh, catch that's it, a good comp. Smoothly yeah, shoot it. That's a good comp. Yeah, he, he operated a lot in the elbow, too, just like Randall. So there's a lot of similarities there. And I think when he got Mike Bibby, he was a better player than he was with Jason Williams. So I think that Randall, you know, we're seeing the reaping the benefits of him with Brunson. And give Tom Thibodeau his props. Thibs is mixing up the lineup a lot more this year, too. Yeah. A lot of the bench players are playing with the starters more to develop that continuity to where no matter who's out there, Randall can't play favorites and just play a two-man game with Fournier. He's playing better with Mitch. He's playing better with RJ. He's playing better with Brunson. And that, uh, that some props has to do both with tip of those rotations and Randall's mindset. You know, and also, you know, not to start this argument again, but I think as long as you have Thibodeau, that helps Randall stay the way he is because him and Thibodeau are pretty tight in terms of, you know, he's used That's to true. Thibodeau. You know, and Thibodeau doesn't put foot in Randall's behind like he does with everybody else. And maybe, you know, it reminds me a lot. I don't know if you guys remember this. Well, you probably don't. But the Celtics from the 70s had a guy that had come from the ABA out of North Carolina named Charlie Scott. Charlie Scott was a really a great player. And 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 he was all about individual stats until he came to the Celtics. Mm. And he came to the Celtics and they wanted to chip with him. And the thing is, he they were asking him about Red Auerbach. And he said Red knew how to handle different players based on their emotional makeup. And he gave an example. He said one day Red was walking into the practice facility and he saw Jojo White and he asked about Jojo White's son. And Jojo White smiled and was telling him about the son. Then he cursed out Paul Silas and Paul Paul Silas cursed him out back, you know, and he knew how to handle each player based on their makeup. And he said, by the time he came through, everybody was in a good mood because he had touched the right course. Maybe Tibbs feels... He can't go at Randall like that without Randall tripping. So he kind of leaves Randall alone and then let the team come to him. And, and, and up until this year, I wouldn't have thought it was going to work. But bringing in Brunson and then doing the same thing, it has worked. And Randall has matured. So yeah. I, I like the way it's going right now. And I think that Tibbs and Randall are kind of tied at the hip. That's why I don't think they're trading Randall either. And I want to also say this. There's other things that I've noticed from Randall as well. I've noticed he seems to be baiting people into fouls a lot more uh, when when people when we get into trouble as part of that basketball IQ rising mm-hmm. to another level. Phoenix Suns start to go on a little bit of a run. Randall is looking for the swipe throughs on some some Chris Paul stuff, and and he's getting it's getting and getting to the line. Yeah, it's Randall is man. and and I will also say this. At first, I contributed it to Jalen Brunson being here, but that game stretch, that game, that five game stretch, even though we didn't, we only won one game. I was looking at his demeanor very closely because I was anticipating him imploding mentally when Jalen Brunson wasn't there to kind of be a buffer. 
mm-hmm. and he didn't. That's right. Even when the his back was against the wall, he had that same kind of even kill demeanor. Um, and it didn't always result in wins and losses, but I just appreciated the the mental process that Randall was going through. So, uh, and even through that stretch too, I don't think he had any crazy games where he's throwing bad passes and turnovers when Jalen Brunson yeah. was there, wasn't there either. So I really think that his basketball IQ has actually gotten better, and I didn't. Yeah, he, I, I was looking. I was looking just like you just, and I was like. Okay, except for this San Antonio game, to me, he was saving energy for the offense and not putting the complete effort on the defense, and it, and it showed. Yeah. But aside from and I and I consider that a minor thing compared to last year. So he, but over the five game losing streak, you, I have no problems with Julius Randle. I mean, he has been really playing solid, all star level basketball. So. Yeah. Um, and and and, he, and he's within himself. He's not doing too much. He's really playing in the team concept. So I, I have no problem with Julius. And to me, that was the proof, the five-game losing, that he really has changed. Yeah, probably yeah. top six power forward in the league right now. Oh, I would I say, yeah, higher. definitely. I would definitely. go higher. I, me too. I would say top four. Top right four? Now. Top four. Yeah, I would say top. As far as power forwards, top four. Mm. Okay, top four. I'll... Top six gets him to the third team All NBA. I think he should be at least second team All NBA. Just I I agree with that. We got top three in the chat. I so okay. People saying I'm not trading Randall. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm I've been off trading Randall's talk for about like three weeks to a month right now. I've I've moved on from that. I think the front office has too. I don't think the front office has any. Uh, same way with, with Tibbs. I might want him gone, but the front office ain't, ain't firing him, and they're not moving Randall either. It's much more likely Obi is moved uh, before Randall. I just think they're trying to get um, – really, they're trying to get Fournier's contract off their books for the summer for an expiring deal. And I think that yeah. Cam is going to – they're going to try to make Cam a carrot for that. They don't have to do anything with Rose because he's expiring. So that's 14.7 coming off. But if they can get an expiring money – for um for Fournier and, and Cam that now you just created thirty eight million dollars in cap space for next summer. So I, I think that to me that's the point. Yeah, you got to resign quickly at this point. Uh, before yeah. early in the season, I was okay with not resign him and trade him, but I would really like Emmanuel quickly to stay at this point. Yeah, I think is when. Let me. Does anybody know like when's the soonest they can offer him the extension before you do? Is it this summer? I ha- it has to be by this summer, right? Because he's going to be like in his it what? Is. This will be his fourth season coming up next year, right? So yeah, I feel it's like got to be. Will yeah, I think you should lock because you could get Ob cheap right now, and I would try to get both of them locked up cheap right now because because of what Ob has done over the first three years in the league and getting hurt now, I think we could get him like three years, thirty nine, and I would try to do that as soon as I could. And, but but I think I would offer quick. Four years, seventy-two, and see if he bites because I'd like to lock him up, man. Yeah, yeah, that's a good number. So you're thinking like eighteen million a year for Quickly? Yeah, yeah, eighteen. I think that's a good number. Money. I'm yeah, with that. a guy that can start when you need him to start, yeah. and certainly can be effective off the bench. Um, and it's a little high, but for what he's doing for us, he's well worth it. So I would say I would try to offer that or float that out to his people and see if we can lock him up <laughs> before before we have to go to free agency with him, man. The yeah. shooting will get better. He's doing everything else at a really high level. Rebounding, passing, defense is unbelievable. He's one of the best defenders in the league. The shooting's the only issue right now. So I think once that – and he's only 23 years old. I mean, he's, he's, yeah. he's 22. 
The, the yeah. kids are getting better. Yeah. Actually, he is 23. I was surprised at that, too. He's at 23. But even 23, he's only in his third season. So, yeah. you know, I, I definitely I, – I, yeah. I'm very impressed. He has really, to me, I'm impressed with his improvement over the last three years. I was concerned about that, you know, if he wasn't going to, you know, grow. But he has. He's grown in every aspect of the game. So I, I'm all in on IQ, and, and I would love to keep him. To me, I think that would be the next top priority, trying to lock him up. Yeah, you yep. already know me. I've been IQ gang from Rip. Yeah, you have been. You was IQ in the draft, wasn't you? Uh, not, not, not even so. I liked IQ in the draft, but I, but I felt like he can improve because I just liked his work ethic. He has that work ethic that's kind of infectious. I kind of see some kind of leadership qualities in him a little bit. He's a little bit erratic, but he studies. But between the way he studies film hard and practices hard i just kind of feel like it's just a matter of time before it all comes together and that plus is free throw shooting i'm all I'm, i keep thinking man between the free throw shooting being the way it is the shooting has to come around at some point and mm -hmm. i just felt i just felt like if i bet on him it's going to come together at some point everything and he'll be like a nice complete player um, no, nah, he's only I, in his third season, man. He's, yeah. got, he's still got upside. He still got he upside. still has he's upside. Gonna, he's going to get better. And I think, and like, even this little stretch, even though we didn't win, like, I can see him being close to a 20-point-per-game scorer if he was actually given starters minutes from a team. Like, it's not crazy to think he can be 18 points a game, like four or five rebounds as a point guard and maybe like six assists. Or something like that. It's just a matter of like, what are you getting on the shooting end, and how sustainable is it for him to defend bigger guards consistently? That's the, like the only because that's how I feel like what happened with the Spurs game. The Spurs game, we had too many little guards versus guys with length, and it beat us um, in that first quarter. Even though we adjusted, but we can't hit that. We can't. We we gonna need some bigger. You mean guys the Spurs or the Sixers? Are you talking about the Spurs or the Sixers? The Spurs, the Spurs. The, the, Spurs. Okay. the first quarter we, we gave up thirty eight points to the Spurs. We eventually we beat them. The second half of the game we outscored them in both halves. But the first, but uh, this this the first quarter we lost by thirty. We lost by a lot. The second quarter was pretty much even, and the third and fourth quarters the Knicks actually outscored the Spurs. It was really one quarter that killed us. Um, but I felt like throughout the game, the problem was we were in the right spots defensively sometimes, but they were just longer and they were just able to shoot over the top of, of Grimes, not, uh, quickly and deuce. And we just needed more length, which is why I was kind of hoping to get C cam or something or even, well, like, as I said, I just feel like, I feel the Spurs game was fatigued. To me, I just feel like that was fatigue, and they had to get used to that, and they did by the time they played Saturday night. But um, I, I, I mean, to me, I, I think IQ is best basketball is ahead of him, and the where he is right now, the four year seventy two. I'm hoping he would take that. <laughs> I don't know, but I would, right, I would right. offer it, and then hopefully he takes it and stays a Nick, and then we're in good shape. You know, we have a nice guard rotation for at least the next four years. So I, I, I think. Uh, we, we, I, I would. I don't know when they could do it, 
but hopefully, you know, as soon as they can, they get that app. They make that app. Don't wait till like Mitch Rob, you know, until you know the summer he's going to be a free agent to decide to give him the money. I agree. I yeah, agree. I think he's one of our young core that really enjoys being here. I, th- I think he yeah. was happy to be drafted here, and he's developed really good chemistry with the bride and especially his best friend Obi Toppin and Sims. Uh, to a certain degree as well. So I, w- I would love to have him, as as Ross said, as a pinch hitter in the starting lineup when someone's down to injury. Mm-hmm. With his size, Grimes being a little undersized, Brunson obviously being undersized, McBride too, I would like for the focus in the front office to get someone cam light, yeah. someone with some wingspan and height to yeah. fill in because RJ really is your biggest perimeter defender right now. And we, I think we need one or two more guys out I there locked down to the three and four position when you have a small quick four or a really big oversized three, like a Paul George, uh, someone to play defense. So that, that should be the priority as well as resign IQ. Yeah. And we talked about it earlier, Royal. we talked, you kind of made up a, a short list of people to get on a flyer. I remember Royal talked about it. Um, we talk. I forgot. We used to come out. We said Lonnie Williams, uh, Lonnie Walker, Lonnie Walker. Yeah. I'm sorry, Lonnie Walker, who's on, his, on Lonnie the, Walker the Lakers um, right now. Via I, the Spurs. If we could possibly get Tari Eason, I would love to get him out. Oh, here. me too. I would love, love him, but I don't see that. Yeah, um, I, I, I've been very high on him. I'm not thinking about Mathurin because Indiana would never give him no. up. I can't see them making that. That you know, yeah, I, who can't I, like, I like Kenny Martin Jr. a lot. Who's that? Kenny Martin Jr. On Houston Rockets, oh, kids are dumb, oh yeah, man. no, he's not bad. He's not Good bad. Like, I like him. Too. Athletic, he's long. Not bad. I like him. That's right. He's not bad. He's not bad. Somebody, so, a guy like that is a guy you could get relatively cheap too. I yeah. don't think you have to pay a lot of money for him. No, I agree. I yeah. agree. We, you we might be able to get Gary him for the mid level too. And Josh Hart, and we had all other people we were talking about. Josh Hart, yep, I like Josh mm-hmm. Hart. Uh, he's another guy. You could get at a, at a not I wouldn't say cheap, but you could get him at a very reasonable price. Not somebody you got to overpay for, and um, and then of course the Jalen Brunson, Villanova thing, you know, is there too. So yeah. I, I I think you know you can get him. So I mean, there's several people. Um, I'm just thinking in terms of uh, it's going to be interesting because they locked up Jericho Sims for three seasons. I think he's right, three years, six million or something like that. All so. Right. Um, they locked him up for three seasons. I want I want to see. I mean, we don't have to worry about him for two more years plus this year. So we could get another guy instead of Cam that might get into the nine man rotation. Josh Hart would fit. I, I, I like him there. I would love that. Um, I would and love I think that. that's more. I think that's more realistic because isn't he going to be a free agent? I think so. I think yeah. he's going to be a free agent. Yeah. Sure. So if he's going to be a free agent, and then you again, I. I mean, sometimes I discount stuff like this, like the same agent, the same college team. Sometimes I discount it. But in Josh Hart's case, if you give him a decent number, doesn't that be mind blowing? But I think you can. What's he getting paid now? Is he getting paid anything north of 15 right now? What Josh Hart. Is Josh Hart getting anything paid more of 15 million right now? Is he getting uh, anything? I can't imagine that because he's always been like a kind of a career backup. Because I'm thinking that's the number. If I can get him for 15 million, see the the the, the salary cap is rising. So if you can get, uh, you you know, because you can have a with the rise in the salary cap, I think you can have many players, like at least six players, 15 or more, and not really kill you. Because you're going to get minimum contracts for a few guys. You're going to have a guy that you're going to pay a lot of money to, and you can get a bunch of medium guys. And so you can get a good core of 15 plus million guys, and, and you know, play with that. Let me just see what is this. Oh, hold okay, on, hold looking, on. I'm just chat. looking up on hoop site. Denny Thomas. You got some money. Sends a ten out super chat. He says, "How about we trade for 
Cam Reddish with Chris Duarte from the Pacers. Um, oh yeah, Pacers would do that. Uh, yeah, listen, Chris Duarte is having a he had like a down year this year. I kind of liked him last year. Honestly, defensively, he fits into a Tibbs type of scheme where he's going to be he's going to have that basketball IQ. And he's going to be in the right place in the right time when it comes to rotation. And the shooting, the three-point shooting, I feel like, will be back. I think it's, it's just a shortcoming right now because he was injured. Um, if we if it's a trade by low situation, I'm I'm with getting uh, Chris Duarte because I feel like the shooting is going to come back and the defense will still be there. Um, he's still kind of limited defensively when it comes to his versatility. But the IQ and the, the grit is going to be there. Yeah, I think Duarte would be a great fit. I just don't think Indiana would give him up. I'm thinking we can get a guy like Hart as a free agent. Right. Because Hart, right now, I'm looking at this. Hart season this year is guaranteed at $12,960. And his 23-24 is non-guaranteed. So basically, he becomes a free agent. Right, right. Right, right. He, he has to be on the roster on, by June 25th, 2023 for that next season to be guaranteed. Right. I see someone saying... So he, he, he can come to New York. Yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with. But salute to the That's chat. Thank you for the super chat. Um, yo, I still I still want to talk about other people, yo. We, we went over a lot of tangents. Can I talk about Mitch for a second? Can I talk about... Can I oh, talk about please. Stuff? Bring up Mitch Rob. Yeah, let's trade Mitch Rob for Aiden. Let's, let's get that twice the salary for half the value. Let's do that. <laughs> Wait, wait. When was Aiden drafted? When was Aiden? Oh, when was he drafted? He was drafted lottery, right? He was like, was he number one? He was a Luca year, number one, 2019. Oh, he was a Luca year? Yeah, he was the number one pick, right? Everybody that passed on Luca got to be feeling dumb right now. Yeah. That was a, he, he was a Luca year? Okay. And, and I knew the answer. I knew he was drafted number one. I just wanted y'all to say it out loud because he got owned <laughs> by the 36th pick of the draft the second round. That's exactly right. <laughs> Mitch hey, Robinson, man. baby. <laughs> Mitch and you can, I, there's a, have you guys noticed, like, when Mitch Rob, there's certain games he has this fire in his eyes, man. And I saw it today. I was like, oh, shoot. He's taking this. He's like Michael Jordan. I'm taking this personally. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's taking Because he got drafted in his year. They were drafted in the yep. same year. And that's your position. He, okay, I'm going to let you know. Mitch wants the bag. Mitch wants a bigger bag. And to get the bigger well, bag, he he's locked to in for four years, right? Matchups. He's locked in for four years, right? Yeah, he's locked in for four years. But I'm talking about after the four years. Yeah, we worry about that. Then. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but you know what? Right now, this boy, we got to steal, man. We got to steal. We got to steal, man. Shoot. And but yeah, so he's got. I you know now you got me on the Josh Hart tip. So so Josh Hart is non guaranteed for next year. We got a player option next summer. Okay, so if he feels like he, yeah, I can see him. So, he, so like a lot of players like to do. I don't know if saying he's gonna do it, but he's he's owed approximately thirteen million if he comes back, right? So instead of taking the thirteen, he could say, "Okay, New York, you're gonna give me four years, sixty. I'll I'll, I'll opt out. Right. You know? I'll opt and, out. And cool. I can see that. I'll opt out and come to y'all. And and I think that would be, you know, how tall is this guy? I don't even how tall is. He? You said six four, Josh Hart. Yeah, is he six four? Yeah. I don't know. Is that what he talking about? Okay. but he's a killer rebounder. Mm. Yo, he's like Grimes, then, isn't he? He's like yeah. a Grimes type guy. I guess yeah, I would like somebody taller. Yeah, 
and longer, but he, he I would like a little length, especially coming off of a Cam Reddish. Very Trent Jr., baby. Yeah, but let me get was back this, to Mitch for a second. Hold on, let me get back to Mitch yeah. for a second. Let me get back to Mitch for a second. Because the beauty of our team is that we're so young in a lot of positions, which makes, you know, our ceiling a little bit unpredictable because all these guys are under 25, 26 years old. So you're looking at Mitch. The first play of the game was what? A post up. Was it? Oh, that's right. That's right. Because uh, I think it was Grimes fed him, or was it? Was it? Was it uh, Brunson? Somebody fed him on on the post. Yeah, and he he, he did like a little move. He he, he kind of did like a little scoop with his left yep. hand and rolled in yep. and rolled out. We never saw a post yes. again. But I'm starting to see post up sprinkled in into Mitch Robinson's game, um, and. I there's room for him to grow, guys. I know people are like, we need him to develop an offensive game, but there's room room for him to grow. I remember when we had R.J. Barrett and we were easing him into a different role. They used to give R.J. Barrett the ball the first play of every third quarter. That's right. That's right. right. The pick and roll with Mitch and have him decide whether to lob it to Mitch or go in for the scoop. I'm. I'm, am I? I'm, my brain is going. Are we starting to do that with Mitch? All right, Mitch, we're gonna ease you in and give you like a post up every first quarter to work with your magic. Because if he starts to develop a little bit of a post game on top of the defense, on top of what the the non fouling, my man is not fouling. My man is not fouling. He's not fouling out of games, man. He's not. Hold up. He's setting screens. Mitch is setting screens now. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes. He is. Wait, he's the best rebounding. He could re- he's rebounding double double. <laughs> he's doing the whole nine, man. There's Dude, really we no develop excuse. Mitch. I think I think we develop Mitch, right? The team that doesn't supposed to develop players develop Mitch. Yeah, yeah. Came in, no college experience. Was this kind really no of athlete? And he's I mean, a, a starting center in the NBA, and he's sprinkling in some offensive game. I'm just, if I'm not mistaken, he was projected top five coming into his freshman year of college. But because of all the shenanigans that went on with his first year in college, he dropped. But um, talent-wise, I think ESPN even had him like in the top ten, you know, for, for prospects coming out. He was he was a top ten prospect, you know, coming out of high school. I mean, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we got, well, we got us. I, I actually felt from the beginning we got to steal. Yeah. I just felt, I always feel that five spot in the point guard spot, you got to give them three good seasons, if not four. To me, those are the two hardest positions to learn in the NBA. And so I, I kind of figured after four years, he'd figure it out. I was just a little concerned about him getting hurt. But then I saw how freakish, like some of the injury with, when, in Milwaukee when he broke his foot and the injury when he broke his hand on, on Randall's elbow. But I was like, ah, that's just bad luck. So I, let's just see what happens. So now he's playing kind of how I thought he would be. I'm, I, I kind of expected that. I'm expecting a little bit more of uh, eventually post-up game and eventually a little 12-footer. I'm expecting him to come out with that. He ended up being a better draft pick than Kevin Knox, who was selected alongside him in the lottery, which is kind of ironic. That's right. They came out together, right. didn't they? Sure did. And, you know, there's really oh, no reason to get more involved, too, now that we have more guards playing 
Imagine if they'd have taken one of the bridges, man. But we've done a lot of good facilitation at the starting lineup. RJ can pass, Randall can pass, Grimes can pass. There's really no reason to get him more involved as a as a rower. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I, I agree. Mitchell Robinson and now playing his contracts. Hold on. Let's the chat. Let's do one between two people in the chat. So, let's go. Let's go. Chat? We here. Uh, if you're new to the channel, hit the like and the subscribe button for sure. Um, do we your also thing. Have, huh? No, I said I'm telling the chat. Do your thing. Yeah, do you think, do you ding. Uh, we here after every game talking Knicks basketball. Salute to you guys in the chat. Shout out to B. Willis, Pudge, NYC, Cash Out, Jane Winston, Ellis, my real fake cousin, as Parker, uh, the organic Knicks franchise man child. Uh, everybody else is rocking the show. If you're new, I'm going to shout you out. So let me know if you're new in the chat. Also, $5 super chat from Ronnie Sinan says, Fire sell at Toronto and Bulls this year. Anyone? Gary Trent Jr. Are they saying that they think they're gonna they're gonna blow it up in Toronto? Yeah, he's saying, do we want anybody from the Toronto Raptors or the Chicago Bulls? Gary Trent Jr. We mentioned Gary Trent Jr. How, as I well. think he, but he's the thing is, I think Josh Hart would be a better bargain than Gary Trent because Gary Trent's making a lot of money, isn't it? I mean, Gary Trent. I feel like it's probably 15, 18. Let me he's see what is this because I, I know that's what you know, he signed a pretty nice Gary. deal. He's, I'm going to find out right now. He signed. He signed a pretty nice deal, you know, because he had went um, from Portland, if I'm not mistaken, and, yeah. and he and, and he signed a pretty nice deal. Let me see what this. He's got the height at six five, and he's actually younger than I thought. I he was love Gary Trent Jr. Oh, look at this! So Gary Trent Jr. also has a player option next summer. Let's go. Let's get him. His he's dad was and a half million. Now this is the thing: Gary Trent Jr. is eighteen and a half million that he'd be. You know, opting out of. Would he take? What do you guys think he's worth? I, I, would, I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm more into the. I'm more into fifty. Trend. I'm more into fifty-four, sixty million for him over three or four years. Yeah, I I'm more into like option year and year four for the team, and 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 four years like sixty. What do you guys think? I don't think he's gonna take that. He's gonna leave Toronto for that. Well, he's now he's going to get right now. He's got 17. He's getting 17. And then if he opts in, he's going to get 18 and a half next year. So if you gave him so. So then he's an unrestricted free agent. He's 25 next year. So if you I think if you gave him so he'd be turning in 18 and a half. For 60. I kind of like your Josh Hart situation. I was going to say, I I think Josh Hart is because Josh Hart's getting 12, maybe 13. Let's call it 13. If you offered him four years, 60, and then he's coming to play with Brunson, I think he'd be more amenable to that than, than maybe. I think Trent might think, you know, I can get more. And he might be right. I don't know. I haven't even been paying attention to Trent this year like like I have before. So I, I need He's to been hurt. More. He's been hurt a lot yeah, this year. More than he just he got back and he lit it up for yeah. Toronto like last yeah. like a few days ago. He's going like to be 24. Day. He's going to be 24 in a couple of days. Gary Trent Jr.'s three-point shooting career, 30, 39%. Yeah. Who's this? Who's this? Gary Trent Jr., 39%. So he's a, he's a, he's a 39% yeah. from three? Pretty damn good. It's 6-5. How about what is what is Josh Hart from three? Josh Hart from three, career, 35%. All right, so he's got 39 35%. versus 35. What, and they're both pretty good free throw shooters, right? All right, tell me, defend, tell me about the rebound. Tell me about the rebound. Since you got the stats in front of you, Lee, who's who's the better rebounder? Uh, 
that Gary Trent Jr. is 2.2 total rebounds a game. And then you're talking about Josh Hart, probably the best rebounding guard in the yeah. NBA. Six what rebounds a game. How many? Six for his career. Six? Yeah. He's averaging 10 points a season. And who who would you guys consider the better defender? Gary Trent Jr. I think it's close, though, isn't it, Lee? It's close. I feel like I'm not close. dogging hard. I don't know. For that, for that money – I mean, I hear you. I don't think you can go wrong way, I think if I'm going to pay, if I can get away, whichever one of those guys takes takes my $60 million off my hands first, I'm going to give it to them. I only like Trent because he's taller since five. That's what makes me like him a little bit more. Yeah, he is mm-hmm. a little young. He's only 23 right now. A lot of and, Well, he's going to be 24 like in 10 days. Yeah. He's going to be 24. So Somebody said so, Okay. Yeah. And how old is um Park? How old is he? Let me see. Oh, this is my man, Josh Hart. How old is this brother? Let me see here. Josh Hart. He's what? 27. 27. So Josh old. Hart, this is this this he's looking for his last large bag right now. Mm. Yeah. Gary Trick is 23. He's got time to get another bag. But Josh Hart has to get he has to get his he's in his prime. He wants to get his large bag right now. I really would overall I would lean toward Hart because I think I could get him cheaper. I think you know he's gonna be both of them are gonna be good. Um Tom Thibodeau likes veterans, 27, he'll be 27, he'll be 28 next year. I think I think I would take Josh. I mean, I think Gary Trent's got more upside. I totally think that. And then Gary Trent has proven himself in the playoffs. He, you know, he's got the nuts yeah. to, to show up. But I, I think Josh Hart does too. And I think that Villanova connection with Brunson is gonna be big. I think. I, I, I think I'd offer Josh Hart sixty million, man. Whichever one of these guys takes my sixty, I'm I'm taking. I hear you. I hear you. If if if, if Trent says, ah, I think I can get seventy two, I'm saying, okay, good luck, boy. Okay. <laughs> right. Because I gotta pay. I gotta pay IQ seventy two. Yeah. Right. Somebody in chat says we need six 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 seven six eight. I agree. I rather have. I agree. That would be ideal. It's just rough right now, man. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's it's a good problem to have. Thing is kind of disappointing, to be honest with you. What you say, JL? Which is why the cam thing is disappointing. Oh, I don't think either of these guys are going to be cam. No, I mean in terms of they're not going to they're not going to be on the end of the bench. These guys are going to play. Yeah, yeah they can. They are, they're more ready for sure than cam. Cam. Yeah, he'd be in the project. rotation. Yeah, both of these guys. Yeah, but I'm talking. Um, about I mean, we have to figure out what the nine man these rotation wings, be. and we have problems. Like we have Toronto coming up, and you you know, like who do we really have to 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 match up with the length of Toronto? You know what I mean? Like we as long as I feel like guys. as long as we have Mitchell Robinson. <laughs> And we got Julius Randle playing, you know, bully ball. I'm not worried about him. I'm really not. I'm not worried about him. Um, who, who did our did RJ did he hurt himself against Toronto? Who did he hurt himself against? Dallas. Who did he hurt Dallas. himself against? First first Dallas. quarter versus Dallas. I mean, in. how did he show up? What did he do against Toronto last time? Did he play? I don't I'm not sure did if he played. He? Oh, okay. Okay. I'm not sure if he played. But salute to the chat. We got a caller in here. We got a caller in the chat. So Shout out to the caller. Uh, I don't just. I feel like this is gonna be a long one. I, I, if you want to call in right now, we're gonna. We'll accept 
four to five more callers, and then we'll shut it down after this because we've been on for a while. I know people want to get rest, ready for the rest of the day. No, Barrett played against Toronto. He, he scored did? 30. Yeah, he scored 30. Oh, that's right. He did score. Yeah, he was 11 of 19 from the field. Yeah, four he was six from three. Off from three. He went off against yeah, you're right, against you're right, you're right. My bad. This is Brunson Brown. had a rough game. Brunson Run had a rough. Me. That's right. They're going, um, what's the boy's name, man? Fred Van Fleet put the, put the, the hex on Brunson. Yeah. Right. Um, and, 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 and IQ... I don't know. Did IQ IQ was he played pretty good? He had twenty that game. So yeah, I, I I'm not worried about them. If I mean, I think we're okay. We just need Brunson to show up. I think we'll be all right. Yeah, and I think, and I, that's a big if because I feel like Fred Van Fleet is kryptonite to Brunson. Um, first call. Let us know what you, what your name is. Where you're from? I see somebody asked about a uh, Tobias Tobias Harris trade. I'm not sure. Do I want him as a backup though? No, and, and why would you pay forty million for a guy that's not yeah. going to start? That's too expensive no. for a backup to no. me. No, no, it's 38, 37, 38 million. Hey, not, no. What's up, Jay? Bro, you guys can hear me? Yeah. Yes. Hey, what's your name? Where you from? Hey. What's going on, man? from the Bronx, man. Fellas, happy New Year to all three of you, gentlemen, and uh, and and happy New Year to the chat too, bro. Absolutely, <laughs> happy New Year, everybody. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I'm trying to, I love my Knicks. And I look at them and I, I don't understand. Uh, all right. What's our window? Are we going to create a window? Are we going to build with Randall? Are we going to trade? Are we going to sell high? Are we going to trade our draft picks to move up in the draft? Are we going to use those draft picks? I don't know what we're going to do. And that, that, that hurts because I'm a diehard and yet, I have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm going to tell you what I think they're doing. Um, when I see what they're, they're either going, first, they're not trading Randall. That's Twitter tw- Twitter talk. Randall is not being traded unless it's for, like I've mentioned this a million times before. The only thing that really makes sense to me at this point, if we were to trade Randall, is if MB comes on the market because you're, right. you're trading a power guy for another power guy and and then you you free up Obi. That's the only thing that makes sense to me right now. But we we aren't trading Mandel. From what I see, the, the plan is to trade for a star or either trade up for a, a high draft pick in the draft if something happens where we're allowed to do that. I think it kind of sways between both of them depending on what's happening. Um, so yeah, I, this is not the we're not it, yeah, it's not Randall's not being traded. It's 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 not happening. Okay, okay. So do you anticipate any action before the trading deadline or at the trading deadline? You said what did you say? Or it, uh do you anticipate any uh trading action? Before the trading deadline, I'm uh, hearing Toppin's name being floated around. I heard Quickly's name being floated around. You know, um, I, I don't. I, I still don't know what they do. <laughs> they always do something unexpected. Whatever we yeah. do, I feel like it's gonna be small, if anything. Um, I'd be shocked if Quickly was traded now. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if Obi was moved. I, I saw. I know we talked about. There's a rumor going around. Um, not sure exactly how true it is, but 
because of the way our team is and the defense been playing with the second unit, I can see them moving Obi at some point. I'm not sure if we'll be at the deadline or not, but I do expect a, a small move at for something. And I don't think any big moves will happen for this Knicks team until the offseason if one is available. I don't know if you guys have anything to say about that. I just, to me right now, I'm not messing with my rotation. I'm trying to just get some expiring money and, and try to go into, because like uh, some of you all mentioned, we got to pay quick. We got to pay, um, um, we got to figure out if we're going to bring in a guy. So, and and and, and then we got to see if there's a superstar available. So all of that plays into it. We don't really know how it's going to play out. I know they got to pay Emmanuel quickly. So if they can get this 38 million off their books and replace it, you know, you get, get some expiring money. They'll right now, as far as I saw, the Knicks are at 142 million. So if they, if they get rid of 38, they're at 104, they're going to start paying RJ next year. I, I, I'm not sure what do you, what does he start? At? I think RJ starts at what? 28, something like that. So you're going to try to, you know, you're going to have to move some money. You got to move some money. So I don't know. I swear, I don't know if they're trading Obi because to me, I'm keeping Obi. If he's going to be my, if he's, if he's not complaining about being a bench piece, I'm keeping him, you know, unless I can get something real superstar in the package for him. So, so I don't know. And then like, I mean, what are you going to, because you, you, are you going to really have to trade somebody in your starting lineup? Who are you trading and for who? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think the trades are going to happen either. There will be some minor consolidation with Fournier, Reddish, Rose, some combination between those three. Uh, maybe even like Peel's contract as a rookie because I don't see him playing anytime soon this season or next. Uh, I don't think anything major is going to happen. I wouldn't mind, again, either an expiring deal. Raw's right. We have to re-sign IQ or some guard help uh, on the perimeter, like an oversized two or a really long, quick three. Uh, but I don't think anything major is going to happen, even though I wanted to. I think we should be active in, in the trade market, but Leon Rose has been very subtle since he's taken over and making very smart, shrewd moves under the radar. And JL is right. You never know what, what ends up happening. You never hear about it. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. If, uh, if I can ask, yeah. what, what do you, uh, how do you view Sixers long-term within the front and on the team? How do you think that can work or... It's just another over situation. What, what do you, how do you guys feel about it? Um, because quickly is versatile enough to play one, play the two, be a backup. Um, it's not quite like Obi because Obi is stuck behind also our power forward and Julius Randle, and Obi playing Obi and Randle together, um, is an issue defensively. And, you know, it's hard to see him slide to the three because there's lack of lateral quickness. And it's hard to see him slide to the five because he's not big enough or tall enough and blocking shots. So it's not the same situation. Like, you've seen quickly average the most fourth quarter minutes on the Knicks last season. So even with a full roster, he's still going to get his minutes. So it's, it's, it's apples and oranges to me right now. It doesn't mm-hmm. compare. I agree with that. All right, fellas. Have to me, you really get frustrated with yourself because you really don't uh, know the next stuff and uh, all that good stuff for the new year, man. All right, yo, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling. All right, and we got another super chat, and I don't see any more callers, so we can wrap it up. I don't know. Let's. Did you guys want to mention anything else about the game? Because I know we kind of like went off the rails. This is a little different show. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think we did good today, JL. Okay. No, 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 that was a good show. It was a good show. I'll see you find our super chat super chat though from Alexander says salute shalom and happy new year KOT fam 100 let's get a mini win streak going on ahead of this upcoming Milwaukee battle yeah you you right about that <laughs> you hive stay strong all right shout out to my guy Alexander all right all right yo Good show. Oh, we got picks with Timmy on the line. Shout out to my guy, picks with Timmy. Oh, yeah. Timmy, all right. Picks with Timmy. Picks, Long man. Time. What's going on? Hey, Jay Ellis, man. What's good? Uncle Raw. Lee. What's up, Picks? Let's go, man. Let's go. First, since we got Lee back in, man, we got to we gotta get straight to it, man. Um, Let's put some respect on Mitch James, man. Let's go. Respect on who? Respect. Some more respect than we even did. Yo. Oh, Mitch's name. Oh, you going at the lead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in that. I'm all in that. Wait, wait, any minute that Herbstein gives it to Mitch. Say it again. I said any minute that you no, think about giving out Herbstein, give it to Mitch. Hold on, hold on, Timmy. Hold on, Timmy. Hold on, Timmy. Say it again, Lee. I said, any minute that you're thinking about giving to Isaiah Hartenstein, just give it to Mitch. <laughs> Hartenstein's a bot, man. I hate that guy. It's trash. I am completely disappointed with Hartenstein. Completely. Yeah, man. Fellas, I just, I mean, look, yo, good good win tonight, man. Glad the Knicks got an opportunity to show off. And, um, you know, I don't even got much, man. I just wanted to call and let y'all know we outside, bro. We outside. They ain't no more. <laughs> we know no, it. We're really outside. Man. We outside. Timmy Tim. Timmy Tim. Yo, look, man, we got to have a special episode, man, for a head-to-head against Raw and Lee Escobedo, man. So we can talk about... Uh, <laughs> Y'all crazy. Y'all crazy. Tom Tibbin, man. It, it got to be a whole other episode of Tibbin. The Tibbin episode? Tibbs be Tibbin. The Tibbin episode. Tibbs be Tibbin. He be out here Tibbin, bro. Tibbin. Hey, man. Hey, salute, fellas, man. I'm going to keep it short, man. Y'all, y'all fellas, have a good night, man. Happy New Year. All right. Happy New Year. Hey, happy New Year, Timmy. Yeah, man. Too funny. <laughs> oh, man. I still like a backup. Yeah, Hartenstein. I remember, I remember, man, I made a, I made a, pre, a, a declaration, like, third preseason game. And I usually don't do stuff like that. But... People were talking about um, Hartenstein starting over Mitch, and I was. Just I know. Like, I was like, I, "You got to be kidding me, man!" All I, I kept saying, "Just let's let's let him be a good backup." That's all I kept saying. Let's let him be a good backup. Let's not go overboard. Here. But as a backup, he's kind of, you know, one. You know, I thought he. Would, I just wanted him to be a solid backup. And at first, like the first week or two of the season, he looked like he might be. But then I just the slow footedness started getting exploited. And that's, you know, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy, give me Sims, man. And then I honestly don't think the Knicks believed that Sims would come on the way he has. Like, he really has come on. He's developed very well. I mean, he really has. So uh, I, I, I don't think, I think that's why they, if they thought Sims was going to be this good, I don't think they would have signed Hardenstein. I think they were going to do it anyway because they saw the signs last season. That's just their MO, man. I, like, I keep saying yeah, you're it. Right. I keep saying it. Hardenstein is going to be next year's Evan Fournier. He's going to yeah, be, right, right, right. He's going to be next year's <laughs> Evan Fournier. He's going to be the backup, and then slowly the minutes are going to shrink, and then he's going to be in the bench being situated. Well, you know he's only on a two-year deal. Yeah. His deal is two years. That's Unless it. we move him. 
Unless he moves. Yeah, him. his deal is two years. So they actually could move him anytime. I don't I know think, if they're going to do it this year, but his deal is only two years. I, I think he's a decent trade candidate. There's a lot of teams I think that would want him. I think we could trade iHeart. I hope Especially we do. for eight million, that's the type mm. of number that fills in a lot of gaps for the trade. You know, eight million. Yeah, that's mm. nice. That's pretty. Yeah. Well, for fake stretch five, fake stretch five. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but- um, no, the last game the we bench. played Milwaukee. The last game we played Milwaukee, Antetokounmpo had 37. We actually lost by six. It was a close game. They were battling. Um, they did not have um, what's his name, Chris well, um, Middleton. They didn't have Middleton, mm. uh, and we won by si- they won by six. It was a close game. Middleton's been um, bad though. Brunson was really lately. struggling that game shooting the basketball. Who's that? Middleton. He hasn't? Uh, yeah, I haven't checked on him recently, but like last week, he hasn't been good. Wow. So, I know he just came back recently, right? I mean, right. So it'll probably take him some minutes to cover cover yeah. and stuff. You're right. Yeah. You're right. He's really good, man. I wouldn't sleep on him. You know, he's really good. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's but, really good. You know, it's a good time to end the show. Shout out to everybody in the chat. If you like the show so far, hit that. Oh, like you're right, Dale. He's only averaging 11 points a game. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's bad. And he's only played game. seven games. He's, he's getting 24 minutes and 11 points. Hey, I mean, I'm, I understand, you know, working your way backward after seven games, goodness. I mean, shoot. Yeah, 11, game, 11 points a game is crazy. 11 that's, points a game. That's Obi Toppin numbers right there. All right. Yeah, Bobby <laughs> Portis is averaging 14. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's not, Obi's not getting 24 minutes. Yeah, you're right about that. This cat's getting 24 minutes. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. We're going to see. You know what, though? You know, let's not talk too loud. You know why? It's it's, a, it's the Knicks that guys like that all of a sudden break out and get 40. You know, so. You're right about that. Definitely right about that. Yeah. All right. But, yo, that is our show. Can we get the likes to, like, 150? That'll be nice. Before we gave a nice show, we had breakdowns. We had Tibbs v. Tibbin, Lee versus Raw. <laughs> Tibbs v. Tibbin. That's cool. <laughs> We we had some breakdowns of some guys we like to bring on the game. We had breakdowns of the game. Uh, hit that like and subscribe if you love the show. We'll be back. We'll be back. Probably not everybody, but you know, some sort of KOT situation will be back. I've heard rumblings of an old KOT mate coming back. Yeah, you I, did mention this, right? But now who you think? Somebody else. I'm not even gonna say the name out loud because it hasn't happened yet, and I'm, I've been saying it for like a year. But we'll see. We'll see if an member comes back. I heard we might be getting some sweet thick oatmeal too. I heard. Raw, I did not hear what you just said. I'm pretending like I, I didn't I hear said, <laughs> I said I heard that there might be some sweet thick oatmeal coming. At I don't some know point. what you're talking about. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. But uh hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. <laughs> Raw, you got you. you got you, Raw. You got that, Raw. <laughs> yeah, the chat knows what I'm talking about. The Raw chat knows. <laughs> All right, but that is our show. Raw, let them know where to get by, man. Oh, Raw, he ruined it. At mm. YouTube, on YouTube, Roy Hebrew Remnant. On, uh, uh, y'all may forget, Roy Hebrew Remnant on, um, on Twitter and uh, Patreon, Raw Hebrew Remnant. Yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
Otherwise, <laughs> it's it, it's possible. Yeah. Otherwise, Lee, let her know where they can Yo, find you. Show, also, man. check out Lee on SNY. He 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 was with Dexter Henry the other day. Um, so definitely KOT guys go over there, show that channel some love. You gotta let them know that we in the building. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, let him know. Yeah, he was. I was blessed to have let, let me have him on this morning. Uh, I was chatting with him about the Knicks and today's game and the upcoming games uh, next week. But yeah, man, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Lee Estribito. I'm talking smack to my fellow Math fans and everyone here in <laughs> Dallas and uh, going back and forth with Jay Ellis as well on the Knicks. Uh, yeah, this was a fun time, man. We had a lot of people in the chat tonight. I really love uh, Knicks Nation coming out and supporting the channel, Jay Ellis, where it's hard. To make this channel for the people, you know, by the people. So shout out to him and Raw Hebrew. Love the debate tonight, man. I'm down to do it whenever you want to. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not into debate. That was off the cuff, man. You had that. <laughs> but you know, it's all right. I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to chill. I don't like. I don't like the energy on that. So we just chill. Boy, gotta, it's all about hey, dab it up at the end. It's all good. This is Nick's bass. It's Nick's. You know yeah, what it's saying? all good. It's all good. We we do like Maury Povich or the SNL thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. Good. One more thing. Shout out Leslie Henry. She's new, or he, I'm not sure. Uh, Leslie could go either way uh, in terms of a name. So I, I heard they were new. Shout out to Leslie Henry. Thanks for being here. Yeah, shout out to Leslie oh, Henry. Yeah. All right. Already know what it is. You can find us at the KOT show on Twitter. Hold on, let me get my, let's see. Let's, can I get to him? Oh, get the snapbacks, the black, white, and the blue, and orange at the nickatimeshow.com. Um, also, find us at the KOT Show on Twitter, the Nigga Time Show on Instagram, and Nigga Time Show on Facebook as well. Go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere you find podcasts, you can find KOT. And yeah, also check out the blog at nickatimeshow.com as well. Ken wrote a, a pretty good piece. I don't know how many parts he's doing, but he's kind of analyzing the front office. It's been getting um, pretty good reviews. So definitely go to the nickatimeshow.com to check that out. The first Nick content creation team to have a blog is who? Nick Time Show, though. A lot of firsts on the KOT. That's one of the first. So shout out to Ryan G, who started it off. Shout out to the original, original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, is, yeah, he's a lot of first, first branded, fitted snapbacks were Nick Time Show. First woman, content creator, Nick Time Show. First, there's a lot. I'm gonna stop. All right, <laughs> there's more. There's more first to come. Trust me, I'll be working on the behind the scenes. It's all coming together. All right. Um, hold. Let me get back to the. All right, that is our show. Okay. And as always on Nick's YouTube, on Nick's Twitter. Shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. Mess out here in these Nick's YouTube and Twitter streets. All right. That is our show. We out of here. Peace.